the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We can be confident, we can boldly know that God, who began a good work in us, is going to complete it. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. For today's Core Truth, let's pick up in the book of Acts chapter 16. I entitled this message, Overlooked. Have you ever felt in your life like you've been like left out, kind of overlooked in life, feeling like maybe you didn't belong in a certain place? Uh, there are many reasons why people can feel this way, all the way from people physically leaving you out, like we did not include you with what we're doing, to us allowing ourselves to feel lost. Everything's just off with everything you want to do these days. Since a lot of people no longer talk to one another, it's like I try to go out of my way and talk to people. It seems like ever since, you know, the coronavirus hit, you know, COVID, it's like, you know, people just keep to themselves and people just don't naturally talk to people anymore. Now, when I get into an elevator, I'm like, hi, how's it going? (laughs) You know, it's just like, I'm talking to people because people like, you get into an elevator and people just got my mask on, you know, you know, they don't look at you or anything. And so I try to go out of my way even more so now to try to say hi to people. Yeah, some people are definitely less social now since COVID has hit than they were before the virus, you know, for there are many things in life that, well, they're just out of our control. We can't control them. Everything from the weather to getting acne on your face, you know. On a serious note, there are issues and circumstances in our lives that can lead us down many different roads in life. For example, when people divorce, that can open a whole new can of worms. I know about that firsthand, of course, because my parents divorced when I was 16 years old. And, you know, and it was a a first, you know. Uh, And so when that happened to me, I have to say, when it first happened, I didn't think it was all that bad in a sense uh, I didn't have parents to tell me what time to come home anymore I had total absolute freedom and so there at at first I'm just thinking like yeah I'm on my own no I can do whatever I want to do go wherever I want to go and no one has a curfew for me any longer but it didn't take long for me to realize me having no boundaries was not good you know the Bible says in Proverbs 22 15 it says foolishness is bound up in a heart of a child and the rod of discipline will remove it from him. Well, I had no discipline in my life, so I was getting away with all kinds of things, but yet those things came back to bite me and I got myself in a lot of trouble in those early years. Well, one thing for sure, being part of the human race here in the 21st century is not always a cakewalk like we all know. It can be extremely hard 
and filled with many sorrows. Yet for those who have put their trust in Christ, no matter what we have gone through or what we will go through, we can be assured of this very thing. As we keep our eyes on our gracious Savior, somehow, someway, we're going to make it through. Somehow, someway, we're going to survive whatever this world throws our way because we know the one who holds every one of our tomorrows in his hand, and he will give us hope for our future, strength for our tomorrow, and energy for what we need right here and right now. And his promise to us is that we have great purpose in these last days. We have purpose. Like there is actually a reason why we're alive in these trying days. This is why we must embrace our high calling as Christians from God. It's so disheartening for me personally when I see Christians, you know, people that know Jesus, God's chosen people, surrendering to all the hysteria that is surrounding us right now instead of seeing the opportunities that we have around us. So, yeah, there's a lot of misery around, but instead of focusing on that, it's like, well, how can we be part of maybe minimizing some of this misery in people's lives that are around us? I remember 42 years ago when me and my wife, right after we got married, we started going to Calvary Chapel Riverside, which changed its name to Harvest. Both of our faiths took off like rocket ships back then. We were like human Pac-Man, or maybe my wife was like Miss Pac-Man, you could say, but we were reading and studying God's word. It like something happened inside of us on finally hearing the teaching, the truth of God's word that caused us to want to have more of God's word. It was the first time I personally had heard the word of God straight from the Bible, and that's what changed my life, because coming out of the church that we were going to, that was kind of like like a word faith church, you would say. It was focused on claiming prosperity and blessings from God. So every message was just teaching how I could somehow gain personally from my relationship with God, that somehow God was my vending machine, which art in heaven, and I could just kind of ask for anything I had as long as I had faith, okay? But there was no Bible doctrine that was taught there. There was no theology that was taught, no teaching on who Jesus really was, no teaching on where sin came from, no teaching on why I needed a savior, why there was hardships and difficulties in this world, and what my purpose was, and what man's plight is, you know, when... And when Jesus comes back, never, not, didn't get taught on any of those subjects. So the first two years of my Christian walk really uh, were just kind of wasted in this realm of no teaching whatsoever. But when I heard the continual teaching of the Word of God, book by book and chapter by chapter, it changed my worthless unproductive, unfruitful Christian life completely. And it had, you know, and it's never wore off 
ever since that happened. So after these last 42 years, I don't really fully understand people who follow the Lord for like six months and then they just fall off the face of the earth. We see people come in, they'll get excited about the word, they'll get excited about church and all of a sudden you, you don't see them anymore. Like, well, what happened? Where'd they go? You know, where, where, where did they go off to? See, God desires to do absolutely great things in our life. As we fully follow him, fully follow him. I was looking at this little boy today, this morning as he was leaving and had his little name tag on from the children's ministry and his name was Caleb. Now we have a couple Caleb's here. You know, we have Pastor Abel. He has a little boy and his uh, son's name is Caleb. My son, Pastor Brenton, his middle name is Caleb. But I love that name Caleb because when you go back and you see, you know, as we're studying on Sunday mornings, we're studying the great and divine deliverance that happened with God's people that were held in slavery in Egypt for hundreds of years. And Moses came and got them out for one reason. God took them out of slavery to take them into the promised land. But yet we'll find out as we read this whole uh thing that happens with them that, you know, they didn't just go right into the promised land because of their unbelief. Their unbelief held them back from getting in. But there was a day some 40 years later that they actually did go into the promised land. But it's ironic to note that only two men that were over the age of 20 went into the promised land that came out of Egypt. Think about that. No adult that came out of Egypt, went into the promised land that all came out of Egypt there. And there were some 600,000 men, not counting women and children. So when you start thinking, boy, you know, these people had two, three, four, five, ten 10 kids. It's like, you know, there's three, four million people coming out of Egypt, but only two men actually went into the promised land. And it was Joshua and Caleb. And the thing that the Bible says about those two men was that they fully followed the Lord, fully followed. Now, see, this would be something that should be a desire for every Christian today, that we would fully follow the Lord, meaning like put all of our emphasis into it. Like I am going to fully follow him. See, my mentality has always been go big or stay home, pretty much in everything in my life. Okay, so if I was motorcycle racing, I was in it to win it. If I'm playing uh, some sport, I'm in it to win it. I mean, I'm fully vested. I don't just go do something halfway. So my Christian life was that same thing. Like, I want to go all the way with this. I want to be fully vested in this. And so that's how I've always been. And so whether it was my work, you know, doing everything that I do is under the Lord, I always wanted to be the best guy that did. I used to lay linoleum floors. I wanted to be the best. I used to lay hardwood floors. I wanted to be the best. I used to sell construction equipment. I wanted to be the best. I just felt like if I'm going to do something, you might as well do it all the way. But the one consistent that has been in my life for the last 42 years is fully following the Lord and saying, God, I just want to be who you want me to be. I want to be the representative you want me to be. I want to be available when you want me to say something. I want to be that person that you can call on and I'll actually go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do. Now, one of the things that I had asked the Lord, you know, or I I shared with the Lord early on was like, God, I will go anywhere for you. I will go anywhere on the face of the earth. 
So I felt that God was calling me to New Zealand. And New Zealand is the farthest place from Jerusalem because in Acts 1.8, you know, Jesus said, you know, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you'll be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the world. So what is the remotest part of the world from Jerusalem? What is the farthest place that you can go? The main inhabited city that is the farthest city from Jerusalem is Christchurch, New Zealand. So I was going to go to Christchurch, New Zealand, and start a church there. So much so that I went in, quit my job at Harvest, put my house up for sale, was making all the plans to move to Christchurch, New Zealand. That's when we found out we couldn't get any kind of immigration. And if we went there, we'd have to leave in six months. So I'm thinking, okay, this isn't what we were planning on, okay? So we ended up not going there, but the Lord looked like he was opening the doors to go there. And then afterwards, I'm thinking like, Lord, why didn't you open the doors for us to get immigration? And it was like, it was like the Lord was just testing me to see, well, would you actually go? Yes, I was willing to actually go, but we ended up not going, but that was just another thing that the Lord was preparing me so that we would eventually come here to Los Angeles to start the church here. Yes, there comes a time in each and every one of our lives when we all have to make a decision about what kind of Christian will we choose to be? Like, what kind of Christian? Am I going to be just like the the Sunday morning Christian, the Sunday night Christian, you know, the midweek study Christian? Am I going to be the Christian that talks about Christ with all my Christian friends, but doesn't talk about Christ to any of my non-saved friends or the people I work with? I mean, what kind of Christian are we going to be? Are we committed to a certain point and no farther? It's a decision to either, number one, live a modest life and follow Jesus quietly, or number two, to live a life like Jesus lived, seeking to be in his father's will, going and doing everything that God would have us to do. Consider what this man named Thomas More said. He said this quote, he says, no man or woman has ever lost anything by serving God with a whole heart. You've never lost anything. You'll never lose anything if you serve God with a whole heart. But you will also not gain anything by serving him with a half a heart. So you can't lose anything by serving him with a whole heart, but you won't gain anything by serving him with a half of a heart. Yes, as we move forward here in these unpredictable times that we're living in, let's serve Jesus, meaning let's not be left out of God's perfect plan for us. Let's stop practicing anything that will distract us from serving the Lord fully. If we were to stop for a moment and to really think about what was your biggest distraction? I mean, don't say it out loud, but I mean, what was your biggest distraction between you and the Lord? Like, what is the thing that was your kind of Achilles heel? What was that thing that, you know, you, you had to keep going back and repenting of or whatever the case may be? What was the biggest distraction that you had between you and the Lord? What was that thing that caused you to stumble in your walk? Are you going to allow that same thing to continue this year? It's like, are you going to do the same thing where another year goes by the same thing? Will we allow that thing to continue to stunt our growth in the Lord? Because if we leave it unchecked, it could destroy 
our life. Consider the freshness of the good news for you and I. Regardless of our shortcomings and regardless of our failures and everything uh, that lie in our past, think about the good news that God has given to us. Because he tells us in Philippians 1, 6, we looked at it a couple Sundays ago. He says, for I am confident of this very thing, that he, God, that began a good work in me is going to complete that work. Now, every one of us, regardless of where we're at in our walk with the Lord, whether you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, or you're a relatively new believer, or maybe you're just kind of coming back into the fold, whatever, it doesn't matter whether you're young or old in the Lord. That is a great verse, Philippians 1, 6, that we can be confident, we can boldly know that God, who began a good work in us, is going to complete it. So it doesn't matter if you had a ton of failures in 2021, or maybe just a few, but it's like whatever the case is, God says, listen here, young man, young woman, and he can say that since he's father time. (laughs) He says, but listen here, he says, I'm going to perfect, I'm going to complete the work that I started in you. Plus, as we allow his perfect work in our lives, look on how we will stand before God in that day. First Corinthians 1, 8 says, he shall also confirm you. That means the Lord God, or he says he will confirm you to the end, blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will confirm us in the end. Isn't that nice to know? Like, gee, somehow we're going to make it. I mean, it's like, because all of us have those weak areas, but it's like God is saying, look, I'm going to confirm you to the end. You're going to make it, you know, then. And yes, we're going to be blameless in the end. And yes, maybe, you know, better put, we're going to stand before God with no faults. God is going to allow us to stand before him with no faults. Now, you know you have faults, and I know I have faults, but yet God, because of his sacrifice on the cross for you and me, he's going to allow us to be completely forgiven, to have no faults and no guilt. Imagine that. You and me are going to stand before God one day, sinless, pure and holy, washed because of the blood of Jesus. Now, with all of this in mind, we're going to look in the book of Acts here tonight, chapter 16. Now, what do we teach through the Bible and jump all over? And it's always in context here because we need the full counsel of God's word. I love that verse that's in Job 23, 12. He says, I have not departed from the command of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. The point is this. When we look at his word, like what it said there in Job 23, 12, he says, I have, I have not departed from the command of your lips. I have treasured your words more than my necessary food. Man, food is necessary. And I love eating good food. But God's word is even more important than that most awesome meal. David put it like this in Psalm 119, verse 72. He says, the law of thy mouth, God, is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Now, there's a lot of people that would disagree with that today. There's a lot of people in the world that said, I could care less about God's word. Give me the gold and give me the silver. But yet the reality is God's word is more precious than gold and silver. Yes, this is how we stay refined from the world. 
from the secular culture that completely surrounds us here. This is how we can keep a biblical worldview instead of a secular worldview, instead of being a slave to our current worldview that does nothing but entrap people and puts them in bondage. This is, again, why the word of God is so important to us. It says in Hebrews 5.14, he says, but solid food is for the mature, but because of practice, they have their senses trained to discern good and evil. The solid food there is the word of God so that we can discern what is right and what is wrong. Because it's not everything turned upside down now. I mean, isn't everything just totally out of whack right now? Just like what Isaiah said in Isaiah 520. He said, you know, watch out for those, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Everything is like upside down right now. You know, back when Penn State was against, uh, uh, you know, Connecticut, I guess. This is a women's swim meet, but they had two transgenders in there. These are two guys, okay? Let's just call it like it is. These are two men that are swimming in the women's event. And none of the girls were even close to these guys because these guys smoked everything and they took all of the records. They took all of the ribbons and the trophies and the records and all of that. And it's just like, and we're all okay with this. Like they're like, well, these are transgenders. We have to be, you know, sensitive to them. It's like, well, what about all the girls that are out there swimming trying to, you know, win a medal or something like that? They don't get anything because these guys that are dudes are saying now that they're girls. It's like, you know, like, what is wrong with our thinking here? The thinking is completely upside down now. But again, you know, this is no secret verse here, Hebrews 5.14. You know, we, we need to have a solid dose of God's word to have a clear biblical view of what's happening around us. This is what will give us victory in every area of our lives. There is no hocus pocus like pulling some rabbit out of a hat saying, well, give me just one verse that's going to make everything in my my life wonderful. No, it's not one verse that's going to make everything in your life wonderful. It's the full counsel of God's word, period. It's the whole thing. It's reading it and it's listening to what it has to say. And it's applying it to our lives, all of it. I try to encourage every single believer to take in the word of God on a daily basis. Look, it'd be great if you could sit down and read for a half hour a day, 45 minutes a day. But sometimes, you know, life gets busy and everything. You can't just commit to 45 minutes a day of reading the Bible. But you got to pick it up, even if it's just five minutes, just to open it up and just read and start in a book and then, you know, have a bookmark. And that's where I left off. And here's a pencil mark here or a pen mark here where I left off and then pick up there again. And some days you can only read for five minutes a day. And other days you can read for 45 minutes and other days is 10 minutes, whatever. But make sure the word of God is part of your diet every single day. Now we're going to consider here tonight how God called a young man named Buford Just kidding, his name's not Buford. I just wanted to see if you're awake. Okay, Uh, his name was actually Timothy. And his name means one who honors God. Now, this name is given by his mother. Her name was Eunice. And it was given by faith. 
You know, every godly mother could only hope that their son would grow up to honor God. So she named him one who honors God. So she was hoping that he would honor God. Those of you that have children, don't you pray that your children will grow up to honor God? You know, I know that I do, and I'm sure you do too. Now, this woman, her name again was Eunice. She was a Jewish woman, but she was married to a Gentile a Greek man, meaning she was unequally yoked. And as you know, God all the way through the Old Testament forbid his chosen people to intermarry with other nations. It wasn't because God was prejudiced. God certainly wasn't a bigot because we see where there were exceptions to that rule, like For example, these two Gentile women married, you know, Hebrew men, uh, Rahab and Ruth. Both of those ladies, by the way, are in the genealogy of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Rahab was a Canaanite prostitute when we first read of her. She was there in the first couple chapters of the book of Joshua, and she lived in Jericho. But she repented of her sin. She left the lifestyle of being a prostitute, and God forgave her, and she married a Jewish man, and she bore a son named Boaz, and Boaz married a girl named Ruth. Now, Ruth was also a Gentile. She was a Moabitess, and she bore a son named Obed, and he bore a son named Jesse. And then Jesse got married and had a son, and his name was David. That's all the time we have for this message. Join us next time for part two. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Available on iOS and Android. Court Church is sponsored by and a listener supported outreach of Court Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Court Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at courtchurchla.org. And remember, there's a God in heaven who loves you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.